0: Welcome to The Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. Today's podcast episode is with professional athlete Kayla Alexander. She's also a published author and illustrator. Uh, She's got her post-secondary, pursuing education, and she's just kicking ass and taking names. This episode is not going to have video of the conversation. But we were talking about uh, what, what I could do, what media can do, what people can do to equal the playing field between male professional athletes and female professional athletes. She was talking about how uh, female sport doesn't necessarily get those same coverage opportunities in the media. And while I might be a small podcast... Doesn't stop me from making a hype video. Ain't no driving inside. Alexander says no. Alexander spinning inside. What a move! Alexander, oh, what a move! A professional move by her. So, welcome to episode 123 of the lifestyle chase podcast. Today I am joined by Kayla Alexander. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty well. I think I finally found a little bit of a rhythm during these interesting times we're living in, so I'm good. I can't complain.
0: So what defines a rhythm for you? What what's a rhythm in your lifestyle?
1: Um I would say like finding a routine because usually I have a routine like right now if we weren't Experiencing this pandemic, I would probably be being seasoned somewhere. So I'd have like a routine of getting up early, going to practices, um, team meetings, whatever the case may be. Um, So while I'm here at home, my routine consists of getting up early, starting with quiet time, doing um, my devotionals, whatever I have on the docket that morning, then doing my workouts. And then after that, just tackling different projects that I've been wanting to get done or had my eye on but didn't have the time to do. So now, With all this time we have, I'm just trying to be productive and use the the creativity flow.
0: That's awesome. I'm curious, what are some of the projects that you've been able to really uh, dive into during this time?
1: Um, A lot more writing, which I'm excited about because I have one children's book there and I definitely want to write more. Um, I realized I really enjoyed that whole experience from um, writing it, sharing it with the world, um, diving into the topics with kids and we discuss it and just interact with each other. Um adding different projects. So the first book I wrote was The Magic of Basketball, and I have a second project that's kind of like an add-on to that that I just finished the outline for, which I'm really excited about. So I want to get that rolling. Um, but yeah, mostly just children's books and things like that.
0: That's awesome. What inspired you to uh start up with the book of the magic of basketball? What was your why for creating that book?
1: Okay, so there's a few reasons. <laughs> um first. I went to university and got my degree in education. I knew since grade two that I wanted to be a teacher. I had the most incredible teacher, Madame Cassette. Um, She was very artistic. She was incredibly patient and she just made learning fun for me and brought out a lot of my artistic and creative side. And I realized, wow, like just the impact that she had on my life, like to this day, I still feel how she made me feel and like the effect that she had. So I told myself, I want to be just like her and I want to teach. So that was number one. Number two, my love for art and creating, Um, it's always been a passion of mine. I kind of fell away from it when I started playing ball more intensely. Um, But when I started playing pro, I was able to fall back into it. So I had more uh, free time to enjoy that hobby. Um, My love for basketball, I love playing this sport. It's blessed me in incredible ways and throughout my journey. And over the years, I've learned that basketball is more than a sport. And if you allow it to, it will bless you with so much. And that's why I call it uh, the magic of basketball because it gives you so many different, I like to call them magical gifts, um, whether it's life skills, new opportunities, things like that. And then the last reason for my why is just to pour in or share my journey and experiences with young kids and show them, like, um, if you allow it, basketball can be a vehicle and it could create great opportunities. So it's like a mixture of all four of those things coming together as one.
0: Well, I love that whole analogy in that like sport is more than just sport and just how it can teach people their their inner p- potential. Um, when it comes to that, just to give people a better idea of like who you are today and, and what you're about, what makes you who you are, like if you're to describe yourself like in your like LinkedIn profile or something, like what makes up who you are as like what you do and maybe in um non-unprecedented times so like before covid happened uh what made up who you are
1: that's a deep question Uh, um and i feel like the typical linkedin answer would be published author illustrator professional basketball player um what else uh lover of like just wants to inspire motivate and encourage the youth like something along those lines but then, if you want, if I were to just describe myself, I would say I'm a woman of faith, um, someone who loves her family and who also loves her like her alone time. Like I love my space. Uh, someone who loves to travel, and explore the world, and discover and learn new things. Um, someone who loves to be creative. Someone who can be silly at times. Um, so there's like that's hard to try and like define who you are because I feel like too often especially as uh, athletes and student athletes, especially we get so caught up in our identity being what we do. And it's just like basketball is not my identity. It's a part of who I am in the sense that it's what I do. and I enjoy doing it. And I love doing it. But it's, that doesn't define me. That doesn't make me Kayla, if that makes sense. It like, totally more- makes
0: sense. Yeah, like, I, I think that's a valuable takeaway for a lot of people. I think a lot of people who uh, strive towards betterment in one aspect of their life start to feel like really tied to that thing so like if somebody was like an, an olympic athlete then they would see themselves as an olympian and then they'd forget that there's so many other talents that they might have like maybe they're good at carpentry or maybe they're a good mother or father and there's a lot of things that we can pay attention to um what's the thing that you've paid attention to more during the pandemic that uh really stands out to you right now
1: about like who i am I yeah you um. Ooh, what have I ee, coming in hot with all these like good deep questions look for something to think hmm. I guess something I've discovered about myself I'll say is I had to learn to like one to let go of control and I think that's something that I've been learning with my faith too like too often I, I like to know things like okay um, like, I like to know my schedule, like, okay, I know for the next like four months, I'll going to be here playing or in the next eight months, I'll be here playing or I just like to know what's going on. And with this whole pandemic, it's kind of hard to plan. And you're kind of living in the unknown, like you don't know when the world will be safe again, when we might have another season, when I can do certain things. So being in that little limbo is kind of annoying, in a sense, but then also my faith tells me like to trust God and that he has a plan and purpose for everything and that during this time, It's also forced me to just be still and know like he's in control. So I'm appreciating that part of it. Um, And then also from a creative side, um, I'm that kind of person. I like to be, I don't like wasting my time. (laughs) And I like to know that I'm doing things and being proactive and productive. And so when this pandemic started, I was like, great, I'm going to be so productive. I'm going to get all this stuff done. And then I realized you can't force creativity and inspiration because by week two, I just hit a wall where nothing was flowing at all like the creativity just stopped and i was like i'm not i was trying to write and force things um t- and it wasn't happening i realized okay kayla like just let it go like you can't force this like just be still be present in the moment enjoy this time and then when you relax and let go that's when the creativity will start flowing and i noticed that to be true because now the creativity is flowing again i'm inspired i'm motivated and just excited about what i've been working on
0: well i mean i think that's something that a lot of people can relate to there's a lot of creative people or just driven people that hit walls like two weeks into this, or even just in normal times in anybody's career, wherever that may be, they hit a wall. Or you you spoke about faith. And I think that's really empowering to talk about because a lot of people, it's tough to talk about that in this crazy dynamic world of all the different uh, ways that we can show up in it. But in saying that, is there ever been a? Has there ever been a time where when it's been really tough to have faith in in the unknown, being in uncharted territories? If if that's something that you can think about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, definitely for sure, yes. Um, for me, there's two sides to it, though. First, it's like when I'm in it and it first happens, like really, like, what's the purpose in this? Like, what's the point? Like, this is just frustrating. It makes it doesn't make sense. It's not fair. And then when you get to the other side of it, you get past that you look back and you realize, oh, that's why this happened. Like, it wasn't exciting or it was painful or it hurt, but I learned something in that process. Like, I, like, I either gained a new character trait or I became a stronger in, uh, human being or in that time it allowed me to do something else, something else for somebody else. So, like, it's always that vision that you get after the fact. So, like, when you're in it, it's hard to be like, oh, like, this this again or, like, this isn't fair, this makes no sense. But I have to remind myself of the past of when I went through something difficult and God showed me through it and blessed me in some kind of way from it, if that makes sense.
0: That totally makes sense. I think that's an awesome takeaway for a lot of people during this time, whether it be they're struggling with their business, with their fitness goals, with anything that they think isn't quite right, isn't fair, or it just sucks. Um, We learn, we get character traits from it, as you said, which makes me curious. What are three character traits that you've gotten that you can just think of off the top of your head, be that through basketball or just human being things, just stuff that happens in your life, but just three of them that uh, come to mind.
1: Um, The first one is perseverance, Um, not giving up, especially when times get rough, because I've had a few moments where things just weren't playing out how I thought they would play out or wasn't going according to plan. And by sticking through, I eventually got to the other side, I got where I wanted to go. So perseverance for sure, for sure. And also another big one um, is just gratitude. Like just being thankful for the little things. I think too often we get so caught up and sometimes you're you're chasing that next step or uh, what's next to accomplish, or you're looking forward to the future when we get out of this. You forget to just be in the moment and be thankful for what's around you right now, like what you truly have. So I definitely say gratitude, perseverance, um oh and then another one that i'm thankful for and i'm still working on it though is being my own advocate like standing up for myself and advocating for my best interests because i think too i don't know maybe it's just me i find it so e- it's easier to like advocate for somebody else when it, when it comes to you it's e- it's a little harder it's like ugh. but in difficult times you learn to be your own advocate because at the end of the day if you can't if you don't advocate for yourself how can you expect other people to advocate for you or to like give you what you or worth or um, what you think you deserve.
0: I love that, that's awesome. Something that gets me thinking is just your role in sport, like your, your role model in sports, um, you're an advocate for people feeling empowered. Um, when is a time in your sports career so far when you've maybe wished that you could be a bigger advocate for yourself, If if you can allude to anything in that way?
1: Um, in the sports world, being a
0: bigger
1: advocate for myself. Hmm. What comes to mind? I think sometimes it could be in like the small, just doing like the small, tiny actions. So I think if you get used to doing the small things, eventually when it comes to like the bigger things, it becomes easier. And this is like a really minuscule thing, but something as simple as, um, like okay you know the whole like you have a post player and usually for us post players um, unless we're getting rebounds offensive rebounds defensive rebounds or tip backs um, we aren't getting the ball unless our guards or our teammates are passing to us so you always try to be a big target do what you can to present yourself so that um, your your teammates can get the ball into you easily and then hopefully you do what you're supposed to do and you go in and score and you can score um Sometimes I remember early on how I was getting a little frustrated because I felt like I was doing the work and my teammates weren't getting me the ball or certain teammates would miss me. And it got to the point where eventually I had to be like, okay, Kayla, you got to start using your voice because I can be a little quiet and shy at times. And that's one, like use your voice and start like calling for the ball. Like just that simple action will get you used to like communicating to people like, okay, this is something that I want. And then two, um, once you get used to that aspect and I'm hearing your voice, If it's still prolonging or keeps going on, then you can take one of your teammates aside and be like, "Okay, so help me. um, What can I do or what do I need to improve on so that I can become a better target, so that you feel comfortable getting me the ball, so I can help our team to be successful? So I feel like something small like that, starting with just yelling for the ball, and then if nothing changes, having the knowing what you're capable of and having the confidence to pull a teammate aside and be like, okay, what can I do so that you feel comfortable getting me the ball or so I can get the ball. I think those small things add up in the bigger picture of life, because when you feel like someone's not um, either giving you what you think you're worth or what you deserve, you'll have the confidence to use your voice and stand up for yourself.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a pretty powerful analogy because in, in my world from what I've seen, I've interviewed some high level female athletes in the past, And then when I think about like their, their experience in professional sport to perhaps like uh, a male's experience in professional sport, and I'll give you a good example. So like, um, here in Edmonton, we have Jelena Mergenovich, she's a world champion boxer. And then you compare her professional athlete experience to a male professional athlete boxer. And it's a totally, totally different ball game, like different media exposure, different income different uh, sponsorship opportunities and it makes me wonder like why why can't that be the same and then so I'm talking to a professional uh, basketball athlete and yourself and I'm like okay so like let's what what can I as a podcast host do to help you get the same opportunities that like a, a male professional basketball athlete can do so then let's pretend we're on the basketball court and I'm trying to get you more opportunities to to short score baskets as as a male what can i do to help you succeed in in your professional um athletic endeavors
1: um honestly i think it starts with one just you know the whole like be being supportive and celebrating um not just what uh, the men accomplish but also celebrating what the women accomplish and like what we're capable of doing and i i i've in a sense i wish we would stop the whole comparison like oh like women's basketball isn't as exciting as men's basketball because we play below the rim usually we're not playing above the rim like we're not dunking all the time and at the end of the day it's still basketball like the goal of the game is to whoever scores the most baskets at the end of the game wins and that stands true in the men's game and the women's game our styles of play might be a little different but we still have incredibly smart players we play great team ball um we have incredibly athletic players and there are women who do dunk in the NBA or in the WNBA so I feel like just I wish we would just stop the comparison and just appreciate it and enjoy the sport for what it is and just just sit there and watch okay take away the fact that these are females playing right now to say oh wow I'm just enjoying this game because they're giving their at the end of the day as females we're giving our heart our sweat our tears our heart and soul everything is going into um playing professionally like we play it because we love it and we enjoy it and we want to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be on the court and I think that shows when you watch our sport but I don't know there's always going to be those people who are like hating or have something negative I try not to pay them any mind honestly because
0: yeah well that totally makes sense something really helpful for you feedback wise is honestly the most conversations that I've had about uh female basketball have always come to the conclusion that it's it's a very technical sport to watch like if you were to compile a drill and say now I want you to do that drill exactly as it is on paper you're more likely to see it in female basketball if you want to see like a play done concisely and well and smartly it's more likely to be in female basketball I remember when I was in high school just playing like um, rural basketball on a team or watching other teams like it was really cool to watch the female teams play just because of how they were fluid as a team, um, how you could just kind of see the, the play string together, how there was, in my biased opinion, I saw a lot less ego on the court. There, there wasn't so much showboating. It was more like, okay, how can we help this person um, succeed on this team? Because if one person's having trouble, the whole team has trouble. Exactly. It's
1: basically about team recognizing that we win together and we lose together and then from like a media if i was speaking to a media person i would say could you just like we people can't enjoy or watch what they don't know exists and i can't tell you how many times so in the w we travel commercial so we'll be wearing sometimes our sweats like our team sweats and we'll get on the plane and someone be like oh what college team are you guys i'm like no we're not college We're a professional team they're like really? I was like, yeah, we play the W, I play for so-and-so team. And they're like, the W? That's a thing, it exists. I'm like, we're in 2020. So if people don't know about us, how can they watch the games and celebrate and enjoy? So I wish the media as well would also dedicate more time and uh, resources to sharing um, our games, whether it's women's basketball, soccer, whatever, like just broadcasting and sharing and um, putting our games out there as well, marketing our games.
0: I totally agree. I'm on the same page as you there. Now I'm going to segue us into something that uh, I'm hoping it will bring you good memories because for basketball, basketball is one of those sports where your mentors make a huge difference. Your coaches make a huge difference. I know for myself, I've had basketball coaches, whether they coached me or whether they watched from the sidelines, they've uh, influenced me in who I was Even outside of the sport, because for me, I just played a couple of years in high school and that was it. But then it uh, influenced who I showed up as as a personal trainer, as a human being, as a family member. Um, If you can think of a mentor or a coach that was extremely impactful to you, um, share share a little bit about them if you can.
1: Honestly, I've been pretty fortunate and I've had so many throughout my life from when I started as a kid high school college to even playing professionally i've had so many incredible mentors so i think i've been pretty fortunate in that sense but if i had to think of one i'd want to say my pops and i say that because though so my father he was a really good ball well so i've been told by many people he was a good ball player back in the day i'm still waiting for video evidence of this um but he could jump out of the gym and he was competitive just talented and he was well known in the toronto area anyway so you would think having three kids he would maybe like try to force one of us to play ball but no um he let me come into it on my own so i didn't start playing ball until a friend came up to me in the seventh grade and she was like kayla you're tall come to a basketball trial with me i'm like okay whatever i'll, I'll go i'm down to try something new and from there when i made the team though i shouldn't have because i was terrible um, the coaches gave me a chance, and then that's so when my father was like, "Okay, if you want to play, I'll teach you some things." And he just his he was sharing his love for the game with me, teaching me different drills. I, I'll always remember those moments when we were out on the in our driveway. He was teaching me how to do just a simple layup, um, teaching me English to get the ball to roll off the backboard a certain way. Um, and then I'll remember like as I started taking it more seriously and realized like oh this is something that I can use to get like reeducation. education that's when he upped it up a bit like the intensity and I remember in high school I used to hate it after a game where I played poorly I would dread the car rides home because I knew he was going to tell me something like okay so this is what you didn't do well this is what you did do well like he, he, would, critis- uh, he would have criticisms for me but it wasn't in a like a it was in a positive way, if that makes sense, like, to help me to improve. Um, and honestly, because of him, I'm incredibly thankful because I'm where I am today. He supported me 100. Like even when I didn't have good games, and he gave me my criticism, he still was like lifting me up, telling me this is what you did well during this game. Um, he encouraged me uh, throughout my entire journey with the game of basketball, and to this day, he's he and my family are like the biggest supporters that I have. So I'm just incredibly thankful to him and all the lessons and. I feel like as well, too, with those criticisms and those car rides homes I did not enjoy, um, it taught me to be uh, mentally tough, too, and be able to uh, take criticism so that when I got it from other coaches and it came in maybe not always bundled up in a nice way, I could handle it because I knew it wasn't personal. It was just they were trying to help me to be better.
0: So. When was the first time that you had someone other other than your dad like give give that kind of Criticism in which you had to kind of like sit on it for a bit. Like, let's say it's the first coach that ever said something critical about your play. And at first maybe you got mad, but then you realized, like, oh no, like this is this is to help me grow. Can you can you think of an experience like that?
1: Um I don't know if I ever I see, I never took it personal. Like, cause I got it from my pops first. I didn't take it personal. Cause I've had coaches who like their style is to yell at you and i would just take the yelling take what they had to say not necessarily how they said it but what they were saying like the important part and just keep going so um i can't think of a time where i got mad at a coach for like yelling or being critical to me because i got it from my pops first and i knew not to take it personal so i'm kind of thankful for that because i feel like if i hadn't got it from him first i would have reacted differently when i got it from coaches
0: yeah absolutely i mean that's that's an important skill to have it's kind of like uh letting the, the water trickle off, or I forget the analogy, but it's just that, that sense of resilience and self-awareness to sort of kind of see the bigger picture. And you're, the best thing that you said there was talking about uh, not necessarily seeing how they delivered it, it but what they delivered. Because some people can be very abrasive in like a coaching scenario and maybe different players respond to different things. And the more resilient you are in how you receive that, that coaching, probably the the further you'll go because then you're able to absorb more of what they're trying to communicate to you
1: exactly and sometimes you'll get it from your coaches sometimes you'll get it from your own teammates but you got to realize like it's the heat of the moment we're in the thick of the battle of the game we want they want to win you want to win so at the end of the day like once if you i feel like once you have that relationship first like you have a good relationship you guys understand like we're cool we, we respect each other as human beings um we care for each other just you also want to win for competitive people so when you understand that um just you don't you learn not to take things personally it's like oh it's basketball they want to win I need to do this better I'm not doing this Kayla pick it up
0: so it's so true um when thinking about like your your basketball journey and going through and getting scouted and stuff like that like what has been like the the defining moments for you in making that choice of where you wanted to go, um, what team you would want to play on, what coach you would want to play for? Like what what helps you make that decision?
1: Um, so I'll answer the first part, like the defining moment for me was in grade nine when I got my first ever mail from a university. And I think it was from Texas Tech or something and I was just one shocked because I was like whoa how did they find me all the way from Texas like different country To they think I'm half decent at this game like this is a possibility like I can actually continue to pursue this and get an education out of this um that to me is burned in my head because I always remember like I got that piece of mail and I put it on my fridge so I was just so excited and I realized what the possibilities were just because of that one piece of mail and then as far as like choosing like a school style of play, like where I want to play, like college wise. Is that the question? Yep. Yep. Um, So I went through the process with my parents, thankfully. Um, But the piece of advice I always tell student athletes is um, you got to think like big picture. So one, I looked at um, education. That was the first and foremost. My mom drilled it into me early. Kayla, you're a student first, athlete second. Um, so education was important and I wanted to go somewhere where I could get a degree that I wanted. And I remember on my, when I was being recruited by different universities, there were some universities when I visited their campus, they actually have the program that I wanted and I want to do education. And I realized even though I might love this campus or love this program, if I'm not getting the education that I want and that I can use when I'm done playing ball, then there's no point in going to that university. So that was number one, making sure that I got the degree or that they had the program that I wanted. Um, number two, something else that I looked at was, um, the support for my parents. Um, I'm not like, I'm not afraid to go far. Like I travel a lot now with, um, basketball, so I'm, I'm used to being away from home, but, um, in college, um, I wanted my parents to be able to, to watch me play and support me. And the nice thing about Syracuse is that it was only four hours away, depending on the border, maybe five, six hours, um, from home. So my parents could literally drive down. And watch the game and go back home the same night so that was great and it was also close enough that they can come watch and support me but far enough that i had my independence and i felt like i can do my own thing so that was another thing i looked at three um the actual program so like their style of play um opportunities for me to play as well got to be realistic about that so with syracuse um the style that they played is really uh upbeat fast they like to push the floor or Push the ball and run the floor and i that's how i like to play too i like to run use my quickness if i can and they also will use utilize their bigs um, and also at the time in syracuse i played primarily on the block down low so um, my style of play fit their style of play and then there's also opportunity to play as well because um, when i was coming in i think there's me and my roommate shakia were coming in we're both bigs and then the the seniors ahead of me, there's a senior and a junior who also played my position, but there's opportunities to play that I could earn a spot. So I was excited about that and it was realistic. And then the last thing I looked at or one of the other main things I looked at was um, my relationship with the coaching staff and the team. So when I went on my recruiting visits, I got to know the girls pretty well and I felt comfortable around them. And then when I was being recruited by the coaches, I, as you build that relationship of talking to th- each other on the phone, different things like that, email, um, you build that relationship. And I realized that I could, I felt like I could trust them and they took care of me my whole four years. So I'm thankful for that. Um, and what drew me to them as well, if I'm being honest, is the coaching staff, majority of them are Christian as well. So I knew that we, our values lined up. We had the same values with respect to like how we treat people, how we think to a certain extent. So that was important to me. And I know a lot of student athletes now it's hard trying to like cut down what schools you want to go to, to decide because this is going to be like the next potentially four years of your life. Um, but don't get caught up in things like, ooh, they're like a Nike brand school versus a Adidas school. Like don't get caught up in those things because when I look back at my four years, I don't think about the gear. I think about the education experience I got, the time I spent with my teammates and the coaching staff, the games we played, um, and how much fun I had with the people. So I think that's the most important thing. Don't get caught up in like the other fancy stuff like ooh, look at our facilities which is nice it helps time nice facilities but like don't get caught up in those things because when you look back that's not where you're gonna remember about your time at university. Well
0: that's so true that's an important sentiment just universally I mean like some people get uh, caught up in the amount of followers that they have on on the internet or the amount of uh, fancy possessions they have or what pair of shoes that they wear but it's kind of it's important it's like you talked about with uh, values and, and faith and stuff just like If a person believes in being a good human being and looking out for other people around them, and then the people that they surround themselves are of similar belief, then it's a lot easier to uphold those in times of doubt and in times of like facing obstacles, whether it be on the court, off the court, in times of pandemic, like I can only imagine how helpful it would be to have people that are kind of aligning with you in a time when like, nobody knows what's going on how long we're going to be away from what is normal and like what the future will be like
1: exactly exactly
0: so in progressing through sports um going up to each different level have you ever faced any like obstacles things that just kind of got in your way and frustrated you or has it been a pretty easy road
1: Oh, no, <laughs> no, not at all. If <laughs> I describe my basketball journey, I always say it's like a roller coaster. It has its highs and it has its lows. It's, it's, but that's it's a, the part of the journey, and all those lows and highs uh, turn me into the person I am. Yeah, I've had my first year. Um, I remember. Um, so when I got to the league, I had like a big learning curve I had to overcome with respect to this, just like the style of play because i went from college where i was primarily um just my focus was to play down low in the in the post and i went to a school that played zone two three zone the whole time so just stay in the stay in the paint and protect the paint this is my job and then when you get to the pros you're not really playing zone like that too often you're playing man to man and you have to be able to go out and hedge somebody uh switch um doing different um schemes on defense and i wasn't because i hadn't practiced it i had a lot i had to over I had a learning curve that I had to overcome. So that um, stunted, I think, my time and my minutes, which is totally understandable. I need to learn drill, so I did get a lot of my time on my first few years in the league. But I learned a lot. And when I was in practices, um, those were great because I was playing against some of the best players um, in practices, and that was making me better. And then going overseas helped me to improve the game as well and just to catch up with the speed of being and just techniques and things that I was lacking in. Um, So I'm thankful for that, because again, perseverance makes you a stronger human being. It teaches you like, if you keep pushing through and you persevere, you can get through anything. I also had my fair share of injuries uh, recently as well too. Um, Just, so one of my biggest dreams, it was to hopefully represent my country one day at the Olympics. Um, so, represent Team Canada. And I remember the first time I tried out for the, because I played junior nationals growing up. And then I tried out for the national team the first time, didn't make it. And I was like, okay, I'll just go back, um, go back to school, work on my skills, get better. And then I think a couple of years later, I tried out again, got cut again. So that was frustrating. And I realized I had to develop my game if I wanted to play at this level. So I worked some more on my game, stayed away from Canada basketball for a bit. So I wanted to like develop and just, I just needed to mature, I think, and grow up. And then, I think it was two, summers ago, I tried out again, made the team. And then, unfortunately, this was the year we were going to Worlds for the World Championships, and it was in Tenerife, Spain. Um, we have our first exhibition game against Japan. I play okay. Second exhibition game, it's the last exhibition game before we leave for Tenerife against the USA. Termo- Porsche Terminal MCL so i'm out so i can't even play with the team anymore off the team and that was frustrating so i'm like well i got rejected so many times i finally made the team only to have it taken away again by injury and then injured myself again uh the following fall when i was playing team canada again we started with the qualifications for the olympics um during the FIBA america it was the semi-final game against brazil got hit did my mcl and my pcl so that was fun so i was out again and then i missed the second olympic qualifier which was taking place on our canadian soil which would have been amazing and fun to play uh, for my country on canadian soil because i don't think i've ever had that experience but it wasn't meant to be um, but then i got healthy enough and like fought through and was able to make it to help the team qualify in february for the olympics and we went undefeated we qualified and i was excited because this is potentially going to be my first ever olympics finally would have accomplished a dream and then pandemic hits <laughs> so um honestly my journey with basketball has taught me to persevere It taught me to stay strong uh, all of me too, like um with god as well like unfortunately things don't always play out the way you want it to but like i said you either gain a new skill you see a new perspective you become more appreciative like um very thankful. (laughs) I try not to complain anymore when I have to do cardio because there was a time where I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't even like get on a treadmill or or walk properly. So I'm thankful for the ability to be able to walk and run. Um, So just the small things like that. Um, But yeah, basketball is a journey of ups and downs. And I think it mimics life as well too. In life, you're going to have your ups and downs, but it's not about when you get knocked down. It's about how you react. Are you going to stay down? Are you going to decide to like change your mentality, change your perspective and just keep pushing forward?
0: Well, I think that's important for people to hear because they're seeing like perhaps they're just seeing your highlight reel. Maybe they're seeing the times when you have the cool uh, photo shoots or you score the basket or like just like little things that happen that work out for you that are awesome. And that's that's what uh, social media is about. That's what media is about. Like half the time you see sports highlights. You don't necessarily see the string of the, the times that professional athletes have had setbacks and have had to face the fact that like a worldwide event is going to totally take a a major goal out from under them and there's nothing that they can do about it. Like those are tough moments. And yeah, it's totally about how, how you get back up in, in doing that. Um, You talked about teammates that you've had to face and just different or not teammates, but opponents, I should say opponents that you've had to face and how you get into different calibers of play and the opponents get very talented. Um, I know for myself in everything that I've done, I face somebody that's, that's really talented and I learn about myself. I learn about uh, what I need to improve on, what I'm good at. Um, what's been your experience with that as far as like the athlete experience goes?
1: Oh, no, I agree with what you said about when you challenge or when you be challenged with somebody so it shows you like your strengths. Your weaknesses and where you need to improve. And that's also what I love about the game of basketball. I feel like there's always a new level to get to. There's always something new, like a new skill, a new concept, something to learn that makes you a better player. So I love that aspect. Um, a fun story. I don't know if it's fun, but interesting story. Uh, when I was in college, one of my assistant coaches, uh, Cornell, he had me watch game film on Jane Appel from Stanford because he loved the way she ran the floor would bury her defender in the paint and then she went to her easy left and right hand hooks easy money she was productive efficient and she dominated and helped her team to be successful and my coach was just showing me film because he's like i want you to play like her like take what she's doing and add that to your game because it's going to help you to be successful uh flash forward i get drafted and guess who's my teammate (laughs) in san antonio Jane Appel. so i'm playing against jane who i was watching film on and my coach was showing me like different things that she was doing to help add to my game now I'm playing against her in practice every day so it's like when you're playing against a great athlete it's hard not to improve and get better so she was she challenged me every practice <laughs> every day but I loved the whole experience she was one she's such a great teammate too because she would challenge you like she she did not take it easy on you in practice but at the same time like I remember my rookie year she'd always be like okay Kayla get to the spot like she's on, she's on offense right now I'm supposed to be defending her and she'd be like no, sorry. I'm on offense, and she's supposed to be defending me. And she's like, Kayla, hey, like go go to this block. You're about to go set this screen for this person." Like she's talking me to the place if I wasn't like picking it up or if I was in the wrong spots. Even though she could have just kept her mouth shut and then shut me down completely, but she was like, "No," because at the end of the day, team sport. You're as strong as your strongest, or uh, strong as your 12th player. So, um, if I'm improving, we're all gonna be better. So, she's an incredible teammate, and it was just a really cool experience, like have that full circle moment. So.
0: Well that is super cool and I mean I share that belief in the industry that I'm in like I'm in an industry where there's all kinds of personal trainers all over the place all kinds of podcast hosts all over the place and it's like you could like hide all your secrets and be like no this is just for me or you can make everybody around you better and like we each only have certain skills and so we have to lean on the skills of the people that surround us so like Um, I'm not going to be good at some drills, whereas my colleagues in the industry will be good at other drills. And so there's certain times when I'm going to need to lean on a colleague to help me progress a client or lean on another podcast host to get a certain guest on to to help with like my my overall goal. And it's uh, teamwork makes the dream work. That's something that uh, an old coworker of mine from like a decade ago would say often. It's held true. It's like in life, in sport, everything.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree with you 100%.
0: So then when it comes to your off the court pursuits, like you're very leadership oriented, Um, you do practice what you preach when it comes to being a role model. What what makes that um, such a passion of yours to be a speaker and to be an author and to be all of those hats that you wear?
1: Honestly, I just want to be what others were for me when I was growing up. Like, I had so many awesome people, mentors, uh, maybe, like, it was an older teammate who I was playing with or a coach or somebody who they people always poured into me and they always encouraged me. They educated me, inspired me, motivated me. And I just want to be that for the girls and young boys coming up and just show them, like, I was just Kale Alexander, a regular girl from, like, well, I've been so many places but let's okay Milton now from Milton Ontario and if I could live this life that I'm living live out a dream you can do it too it's not going to be easy it's not going to be a nice nice ride to the top but if you're willing to put in the work make a couple sacrifices along the way stay dedicated um, this could be you could you can live out your dream as well so I just want it to be that for others and then I saw this saying the other day that I really liked Um, be somebody that your five-year-old self would be inspired by or proud of and that your 85-year-old self would be inspired and proud of. And I was like, I like that. So I just try to hold that true or keep that true. And then also my values, my faith too is important to me. And I just try to live in a way that shows and reflects my faith because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, um, I would be nothing or I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for the love of Jesus. So I just try to live in a way that shows that in my life. So.
0: Well, I think that's like an important sentiment and just kind of reflecting on the whole, be someone that like your five-year-old self would like look up to and be someone that your 85-year-old self would, would be proud of. Um, who, what kind of people did you look up to when you were five years old? Can you go back that far in time? Can you recall?
1: Memory going way back. Um, let's see. Who did I look up to? I think growing up, honestly, when I was five, I want to say that the people who I looked up to or who inspired me, the people who weren't afraid to like go after what they wanted. Because I feel like it's something that you grow into. But even at a young age, like I know there was times where I was either hesitant or afraid to do something because of would I fail or how would other people perceive me? Um, So I always admired people who looked like they were living out their dreams and, like, not being afraid to try something new or just um, being courageous, I guess, in that sense. Um, But throughout my life, like, I remember when I was playing up for Barry Royals, I was playing up with the older girls, and I admired them because of what they were capable of doing on the floor, like, their skill level. And I was like, if I just keep practicing, maybe one day I can play and look like her, like, on the court. Um, And then in college, um, just whether it's um, like looking at other like pro players or even people like just even having like professors who were passionate about what they did and like were eager to share their um, their knowledge with me and just looking at them and being like, if I can do something that I'm that passionate about and enjoy looking forward, to, like I look forward to waking up every morning so I get to do what I enjoy and um, I get to help people in the process, then like you can't beat that. So that's something that inspires me that I look up to and that I want to hopefully be able to live out one day, or I'd like to think I'm living it out to some degree.
0: You're totally living it out. Don't doubt yourself. Um, Something that I think is cool is thinking about how many people are probably looking up to you right now. I think a lot of people tend to be hard on themselves and they don't realize how influential they are just by being themselves, which is, one of the most important reasons to be yourself and like kind of like follow your heart and do, do what matters most to you, like following in in what you believe in and all of that stuff Um, in your career so far, have you ever encountered like a a young fan or had any interactions with somebody that's been following your journey and wants to be just like you?
1: I have, which is always a very surreal moment where it's, It's one of those moments where it's like, you're like, oh, that's like, you're flattered. But at the same time, you're like, like, I'm just Kayla. (laughs) Like, I'm a human being. If you saw me at home, you'd see like, I'm boring. Well, not boring, but I'm just a regular person. (laughs) Like, I'm just like you. So um, I don't know. Those moments keep you humble and also keep you inspired to keep pushing too, though, and to keep bettering and being a better version of yourself.
0: Well, those moments help with resilience, too. Like, it's just like just like you've had so many obstacles already. I mean, I've had obstacles too. We're both gonna face all kinds of obstacles in the future, whether COVID-19 is going on or not, just like every every new leap is gonna have a few roadblocks. And when you we can think of these moments where like, you know, we're doing something, right? Like we're, we're inspiring somebody to do something better for themselves. Like those can be some of the best tools in our toolkit to uh, face the obstacles.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning, you talked about, like, what's your why? Like, who's Kayla? Like, what's your why? That's a part of my why. Like, the the young kids, the impact that how I live my life can have on other people. That's a huge part of my why that gets me up in the morning. That's like, okay, Kayla, our body's not feeling it today. We might be a little sore, but we're still going for this run because it's going to help us with our game in the future. Like, just small things like that, all along with other things, add up to, like, my why.
0: Absolutely.
1: My mind when you said that, I was like. Oh, i mentioned that earlier
0: that's awesome um when it comes down to goals because i can tell you're pretty goal oriented what are like two goals that you have for the next like three years just things that are on your mind that you want to accomplish that uh you're gonna chase after
1: goals okay you're definitely correct <laughs> with the whole goal oriented um It's even in like the small things, like every day I'll start my day with a to-do list of things I want to accomplish that day. Um, But with respect to goals. Okay. So the first one that comes to mind that I'll share is um, children's books, wanting to publish more of those. Um, And then another goal that comes to mind. I don't know. uh, Okay, so... One of my life goals for me personally is to be able to um, live a life that allows me to like take care of my family, if that makes sense. Like set myself up in a way that I'll be able to take care of my family, specifically my parents, because um, I know like as parents, like they decided to have kids and like that was what they wanted. But when I when I look back, I look back at my childhood. I look back at how much they're taking care of me, how. They poured into me and shaped me into the human being that I am today, um, how blessed I was. I had a roof over my head. I was never hungry. Like everything that I needed was always taken care of. And I also see how much they struggled, how much they sacrificed. And for me, I want to be able to hopefully set myself up using the gifts that God gave me so that I can t- give back to my parents and like take care of them in the future, if that makes sense. And like allow them to like just chill out and just enjoy life, not have to worry about anything, if that makes I don't know what that looks like yet but that's well will have an idea of what I would like it to look like yeah
0: yeah
1: oh but that's like a life goal of mine that I've been working towards
0: yeah it's like you know the destination but you don't necessarily know the journey like you don't know if it's going to be uh through your journey as an author or maybe a speaker or maybe you meet somebody like so many things can happen in life like the people that we get influenced by like uh we can meet a a role model or a mentor that can help us see some hidden talent in ourselves, um or we can end up it's kind of like your scouting experience like that first that first scouting letter and you're like what you've been you've been watching me like you've been paying attention to me i'm in a whole different country and the same thing will probably happen again throughout life which is kind of the cool thing about uh, trusting the process and just kind of like moving forward despite all the obstacles
1: exactly exactly and when you were speaking to another thing that came to mind is i just want to especially with young kids i want to show them like you can everything you want in life you can achieve it if you're willing to put in the work because if you think about it all the most the most successful people in the world sometimes it takes a little bit of luck but at the end of the day if you're not willing to put in the work nothing's gonna happen like your dreams won't come true because you're not you're not doing something you're not doing anything about it and it just it's so true because even when i was writing my first children's book it hit me like this is hard (laughs) like this takes time like i gotta be dedicated i gotta take the time to figure out how the stories how's the story gonna look like what's gonna how's it gonna play out uh take the time to write it figure out how to make this rhyme the time it takes just to do the illustrations like that takes time and dedication trying to figure out how to actually publish it like it's not easy it takes it's hard especially when it's the first time you're doing something and i think that was the moment where it hit me because with basketball uh, it, it took hard work too but it was just i was it was just part of the journey I was, just, I was so used to it but this was kind of different and i was like it really the really the only thing that separates people like successful people from everybody else is willing to put in the work because it's not going to be easy. It's going to take, it's gonna, It's hard. It's going to take some time. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to take sacrifice and dedication. But if you're willing to push through, like anything's possible. And that was like a like a um, mind-blowing, like wake up moment for me where I was like, oh, I get it now. It's the hard work, like actually putting in the work that makes a difference.
0: It's so true. So to wrap up this podcast conversation, I have one last question for you. And the question is, if you could give one piece of advice on to how to live your life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be?
1: I can't give just one piece. <laughs> There's so many. Oh, what's the p- one piece? Um, can I give like three? I'll be like, oh yeah, about it.
0: totally. You totally can.
1: <laughs> okay, the first one would be. Um, Okay, first one would be um, to get past fear and failure. Like, it's, in life, you're going to fail. It's, it's part of life. Um, I feel like um, what stops us most of the time is that fear of failure. Um, but understanding, like, it's not a bad thing to fail. Like, that's part of life. You're going to grow from it. It's a matter of if you take that situation and you learn from it and pivot and do something different to help you get to where you want to be. So fear and failure, don't let that stop you. Um, two, just start. Half the time, the battle is just starting. Like, I remember for like three years, I was talking about, oh, I want to write a children's book one day and like talk to my sister and, the, and family about it. And then finally it hit me like, Kayla, you keep talking about it. You haven't started yet. Just start it. Like once you get started and get going, it'll happen. And then the third one would be to have that self-faith and belief in yourself. If you truly believe in your dreams and your possibilities and what you can achieve, when you put in that work and you're fearless about it, nothing can stop you. Like you might hit some hiccups along the way or you might have some like obstacles, but if you keep pushing through, like anything's possible. So those are my three pieces, I guess, for how to live your best life. For
0: That's perfect advice. So thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh no, uh, you're
0: so easy to talk to. So <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> your challenge for today is I want to know which obstacle you faced, if you can think of one, um, and how it made you better. So reflect maybe on the past couple years, think about something that knocked you on your butt, and think about how that made you better, because sometimes getting a little bit introspective can be helpful. Thanks for listening.